DAB Plus online via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. UFL All Access on TalkSport 2. Hello, good evening and welcome to EFL All Access from TalkSport 2 as Jamie Vardy got Leicester City's push for promotion back on track. A few moments away from Vardy taking this spot kick now as Leicester look to make this two. Vardy right-footed into the back of the net. Leicester make it safe in stoppage time. Leicester 2, Watford 0. But it's still tight at the top in the championship. The race for the title became even more interesting as Ipswich's 12-game unbeaten run came to an end. Thomas Asante onto Diangana inside the box. Must shoot, must score. He does off the inside of the post. Brilliant counter-attacking goal for West Bromwich Albion. And Wayne Rooney finally got his first victory as Birmingham City manager at the sixth attempt to give the Blues a much-needed boost. We had a good dominance of the game second half. Um, and then, obviously... Um, what you'd always want when you make changes is players to come on and have an impact and I thought Juki did that putting himself about and then obviously JJ getting his goal so um, really pleased We'll cover all of the big stories as unbeaten runs come to an end in League 1 and 2 plenty for myself and the former Portsmouth and Huddersfield manager Danny Cowley who's alongside me for the next hour or so to get our teeth sunk into you're listening to EFL All Access on TalkSport 2 Alongside me, the former Portsmouth Huddersfield manager, as I mentioned, Danny Cowley is here. Good evening. Good evening, Hugh. How are you? I am okay. Um, Listen, it it was one of those crazy weekends once again in the EFL. We had over 100 goals. We had those unbeaten runs. We'll come to in the last half an hour. Come to an end. All good things must come to an end. But I just wanted to start by saying Terry Venables, the sad passing of the former England manager. He, as a manager won the then second division with Crystal Palace. He, of course, was a Queen's Park Rangers boss as well. Legend of the game. Um, so I personally just wanted to mark this episode of EFL Access by giving my condolences to his family. But what a character, what a character the game has lost. Absolutely. Yeah, I heard news yesterday. Really, really, really upsetting news. Um, arguably the the best English coach um, of, our, of, of, our, of our generation, I think... Um, did, did an amazing job at club level to, to go and manage at, at Barcelona um, and, and and to go there and and do, do as well as he did there. And then obviously everyone will remember what he did for England and the, mm. the Euro 1996 and so close to, to, to England winning that competition. Um, but but only only really good memories of that time, yeah. I think. You know, you you heard from 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 all of all all of the players and people that had, that had worked under him, um, how how highly they regarded him yesterday, and there was an outpouring of love for him, and, and rightly so. And uh, yeah, a, a real loss to to not just the game, but 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 to, Eng- to to English football in particular. Yeah, and a reminder, I think, for us here on EFL Alexis as well, that the next generation of English coaches are coming through. Who knows? We might be looking at future England managers and I'm sure we are within the EFL right now. So hopefully that big future that that Terry Venables had maybe fits some of the coaches we've currently got with us at the moment as well. Um, Let's dive into some of those managers and some of those teams in the EFL as well and get to the action then, Danny. Um, And we'll start with a defeat for Ipswich Town. West Brom 2 
Ipswich nil. West Brom moving back into the top six in the championship. As I mentioned, Ipswich's 12-game unbeaten run coming to an end. It's Ipswich's first league away defeat since January. Well, Carlos Corbran's team bounced back from their first defeat in five games. Uh, that was against Southampton before the international uh, break as well. Um it was comfortable. They were confident, West Brom, and it was a positive for them. But I wonder from your perspective, is it getting a little bit more difficult for Kieran McKenna and Ipswich now to continue to produce the same performance level week in, week out? How do you see them at the moment? Well, I think they've had an exceptional season um, to this point, a, a brilliant 2023 as a calendar year. I think Kieran McKenna has surpassed all expectations. Everybody knew that he was a really, really good coach. Um, they won a very, very difficult League One last year or were promoted from a very, very difficult League League One last year. Um, and the way they've started this season has just been incredible. The consistency that they've been able to, to maintain over such a long period in what is such a tough division, the Championship, um, and, and particularly to do it with a lot of players that probably have come from the from the lower leagues. I know that they've recruited well. Um, you know, the last three or four windows have, have been exceptional for Ipswich. The summer window w- w- was brilliant as well, but still quite a lot of players that that haven't played at uh, at League One level. So to start the way they have has been has been has been just brilliant and, and surprised everybody. Can they maintain it? This is a challenge now. This is probably their first their first disappointment for for a long while. Like you said, their away form has been incredible. Um, it, the, the best teams always respond. I look at the division and I look at Leicester and I look at Leeds and I look at Southampton and those three, um, having come down from the from the Premier League, are so strong in terms of the depth and mm. the quality in their squad. If Ipswich can compete with those and can and can continue to compete with those, then that would that would, would be exceptional and would show. I think what we already know that Kieran McKenna is a, is an outstanding manager. He says his team will get stronger from it. The good news is, I think that they get the chance to bounce back in the next couple of games uh, this week, uh, hosting Millwall and then hosting Coventry. Two games at home, two very winnable games at home to get things back on track. Put that pressure on Leicester City at the top. West Brom may be building just a little bit. Um, it's it's weird with them, isn't it? It's the consistency levels. Occasionally, they put in a great performance. Not even occasionally. Maybe every other week, every third game, you think, this could really be a side in the promotion hunt. And then they'll throw in a game where they're just not at the same level. They make errors and you just think, you know, look, they're very comfortable, I think, in my opinion, in terms of a top six spot. But in terms of making that leap to put the pressure on the teams at the top of the table, you know, they've been flying recently, but this kind of performance is what we need to see, you know, eight or nine weeks out of ten. So to keep that level of consistency, maybe they're just a little bit away from it. But it was another example, I think, of, you know, what they are capable of on a week-to-week basis. Uh, Well worth the win. Uh, If you've missed, by the way, Matt, Phillips sitter that he missed uh, make sure you check it out because that's one for the archives uh, let's move to Leicester City though uh, next Danny uh, Jamie Vardy's first goal since early October uh, meaning that Leicester City stayed top of the championship they open up that three point gap uh, on Ipswich um, he missed an easy chance didn't he Jamie Vardy uh, early on and he actually punched himself in the face um, which I, is not quite a reaction I've seen from many players but he went on to uh, still score a couple of goals in the game the Fox is back on track after back to back defeats um, they go 10 points clear of third place leads in the table after the game TalkSport's Mike McCarthy caught up with the Leicester City boss Enzo Maresca. 
And so what was the key for your side getting over the line and getting that three points today? I think uh, take the chance. We created many chances. We missed at the beginning, but overall we completely deserved the three points and win the game. Jamie Vardy as well, you know, off the bench, such a weapon in the championship. I mean, how, how much can you rely on him between now and the end of the season to, to get you through these sort of moments where the games are so tough? Yeah, Jamie has been unbelievable today, but uh, I just said I was also happy with the Kele in the way he was playing. We have also Daka that in this moment is not uh, on the squad. He's not. Uh, he was not with us tonight, but also Cannon. So we have a, we have we have a option. Danny Leicester City back to where they want to be, which is taking all three points. They were well worth it this weekend. On that man, Jamie Vardy is he the man that's going to take them to the title? Do you think? Did he show us once again that it's you know a, a different level of quality when it comes to Leicester City squad? Yeah, I think champions elect for me, Leicester City. I think 10 points clear of third place, leads in third place. A brilliant weekend for, for, for Leicester. They obviously won, but the five teams or the four teams around them in, in the top five all failed to win. So it was a great weekend for them. And when you can bring someone of the quality of Jamie Vardy on, on the 55th minute, um, it just shows you the depth in their squad. And I think, you know, it was really interesting to hear the manager speak about Jamie Vardy and, and compliment him for, for the way he's conducted himself, compliment him for the way that he works for the team against the ball. Um, and you see his intensity and his desire to want to score goals. He, he could have had four goals and he was only on the pitch for for 35 minutes. Um, and, and you saw the disappointment when he did miss one of those chances, as you alluded to, Hugh. But but two really good goals, a fantastic win, and they're in such a strong position. And I just look at the way that they control games, the way that they dominate possession, the way that they con- uh, control territory. Um, they look a, they look, they look a very, very good team. And, and, I, and it will take an outstanding team to, to finish above them this year. It's an interesting one with Leicester. We we had that focus on Vincent Company in Burnley last season, the way that he was able to change the footballing style at a relegated side, became very possession-based. Uh, Enzo Maresca, uh, of course, was an assistant coach. You know, uh, He was not even in his, if you like, main managerial role before coming to Leicester City. So the, the way that maybe they've changed their style of football after relegation is one that we should probably focus more on because we know there's great quality within that squad. But actually, you know, the level that they're at right now in terms of the way that, like you alluded to, um, control football matches is, is, you know, maybe going under the radar a little bit because of some of the names in that squad. Yeah, well, you're right. He was only an assistant head coach, but but he was obviously an assistant head coach at Manchester City to yeah, Pep Guardiola. Pretty good squad. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's he's he's. Um, He's obviously got a clear clear identity and a clear um, philosophy and way that he wants to play. He's been able to um, implement that at Leicester City. And I think um, the way that he works has obviously inspired the group of players. Sometimes when you get relegated from the Premier League, you can get that hangover and some of the players want to leave because maybe they don't haven't just signed for Leicester City, they've signed for the Premier League. So when they get relegated, but there hasn't been that. There's been... Um, a real um, collective response to the relegation. And you, they've just got so much clarity. And because they dominate the ball um, so much that when they do lose it, they're so fueled and have so much energy to then be able to win it back really, really quickly. And as, as a consequence of that, their field position and the way that they can they can dominate territory has been has, has, has allowed them to be very, very successful. And of course, as we've already said, just so many goals in the team.
so many goals and I, and I, I just can't see beyond them myself. One team that would have wanted to put pressure on Leicester City at the top is Leeds United. Daniel Farker spoke in the build-up to their game against Rotherham about the fact he didn't think there should be Friday night games after an international break. I'll get your view on that in a moment because it was a big point for Rotherham. Finished Rotherham 1, Leeds 1, West Yorkshire versus uh, South Yorkshire. Uh, Leeds missing out on a seventh win in eight games, by the way, held to a draw. Wayne Carlisle was in interim charge uh, after the sacking of Matt Taylor. They fought and they fought Rotherham. This is what we almost expect of them from what we saw last season. What did you make of the, I was going to say, new manager bounce, interim manager bounce, Danny? Well, I think it was a game that, that Leeds dominated, particularly in the first half. Um, they had good control, probably scored the early goal, probably then needed to find the second and and, and then maybe the third would have come. And they didn't. And, and Rotherham at home, um, have been have been good at home. I mean, it's their away form that, that, that has, has, they've really struggled and probably the reason why Matt Taylor has lost his job. But at home, they're always incredibly competitive, um, very athletic, very powerful team. And once they got back into it just before half-time, in the second half, they had, they had opportunities to win it. So um, I, I understand where Daniel's coming from with regards to the, the Friday night game. Um, that's not easy off the back of an international break. It gives you even less time for the for the for the team to prepare going into that game. But um, no, I think I think overall Leeds, particularly with their dominance in the first half, we'll see that as points dropped. I, I had the pleasure of um, spending a day spending a day at Leeds a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I was really really impressed with Daniel Farker and the way the way that he worked, the way he, him and his staff worked in preparing the team. It was prior to the the, the game at Ellen Road at Queens Park. Rangers and yeah he, he, you could see that he had a, had a really good group that was really focused um, of obviously now having having been promoted to the championship and then uh, to the Premier League and then being relegated back to the championship he's got a group of players that know knows what it takes um, they certainly seem to be together um, and it was evident that he was a tactically really intelligent manager and he's he's, he's a manager that obviously is very confident at this level has had a lot of success and uh, yeah Leeds, mm. Leeds as with Southampton for me probably when I look at their squads and I look at the experience within their squads will be the, the team that are fighting for that second place in the division I, if I'm honest I don't see Ipswich being able to maintain what they have done but in Kieran McKenna and he's proved time and time again that you, you shouldn't you shouldn't um yeah, you, you, you have to respect what, what he's done and what a brilliant coach mm. he is. And we'll be back with the championship very, very soon. You're listening to EFL All Access in partnership with 888 Sport. Made to challenge, made to debate, made to play. It's 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. EFL All Access on TalkSport 2. You're listening to EFL All Access here on TalkSport 2. I am Hugh Wozencroft alongside the former Lincoln City boss, Danny Cowley, taking a look back at all of the great action. And it was a great weekend in the EFL and an important one in terms of the bottom of the championship table where we're going to discuss for the next kind of 15 or so minutes. But I, I did want to start in in a position where maybe Birmingham City will want to be thought of as a at least a mid-table side this season, unfortunately. It's been a while since they won, but they got it this weekend. 
2-1 against Sheffield Wednesday at St Andrews. Wayne Rooney uh, winning his first game as Birmingham City boss at the sixth attempt. It was all thanks to teenage substitute Jordan James's winner against the bottom side Sheffield Wednesday. The Owls actually took the lead through George Byers. Uh, Janino Bakuna levelled. And then, of course, James, who'd just been on for three minutes, got the winner. Wednesday have now suffered 13 defeats from their 17 championship games. They are 10 points adrift to safety after their latest loss on the road. But I think the headlines were all about the positivity for Wayne Rooney. Danny, what's it like for a manager? Maybe you come to a new job. People expect an immediate impact. You go a while without a victory. How good does it feel to finally get the three points? Well, I think it was a really important win for, for Wayne Rooney and for Birmingham City. Um, obviously, in the first five games, they'd only been able to get one point. Um, when they're playing Sheffield Wednesday at home, I think everyone anticipated them, them winning. Um, I think yeah, I don't, I don't think it's been easy for, for Wayne Rooney. I don't think it's been, been all his own fault. Obviously, John Eustace was doing such a fantastic job. He'd got the Birmingham City team into, into and around the playoffs. The supporters and everybody at the club was with him. And, and, and it looked like they had some stability. And then, for whatever reason, the owners decided that, um, that they wanted to make a change. And sometimes that can be very difficult. The context can be very difficult for the, for the incoming manager. And you could almost anticipate what was go- going to happen. Anyone who knew football kind of could see see what was coming. So it's not been easy for, for, for Wayne, but, but a really important win. And the fact that it was a comeback win, the fact that he was able to make changes um, at one all that then affected the outcome of the game with Jordan James coming on and, and scoring the winner maybe two minutes after coming from the bench, I think is going to be really important for him. And hopefully now for, for Wayne Rooney and for Birmingham, this is going to be the the, the start of, of them moving back up the division. They've certainly got a group full of talent. I mean, I don't know if you saw Juninho Pacuno's uh, mm. goal at the weekend, the equaliser. Wow, what a volley that was. He's a, he's a boy that Nicky and I worked with at Huddersfield and got incredible talent, real unbelievable ability. And... Uh, Certainly, if if Wayne can harness that and get the best out of him, he's he's a match winner. It'll be interesting to see how they get on away at Blackburn in midweek because they want to keep that positivity going. There's then a huge game once again at home next weekend against Rotherham, another side that they will maybe not expect, but certainly be very strongly hoping they can get all three points against back-to-back defeats. Uh, following up this weekend won't be great for Wayne Rooney. So I'm hoping for his sake that positivity and the club, the club's hierarchy too, keeps flowing in the right direction. Huddersfield didn't manage to get the win this weekend, but maybe it will feel like a victory. They managed to hold Southampton to a one-all draw thanks to Ben Jackson's late goal. Um, They took a deserved lead, didn't they, Saint, through Adam Armstrong. The town did improve as the game wore on. Sorba Thomas, Mihal Halik uh, wasting good chances before Jackson's cross drifted uh, past everyone and into the back of the net at the back post on 87 minutes. At 78% possession um, had Southampton in that game. But ultimately, some would feel like the Terriers were worth the point. What did you make of it? They're now four points, by the way, above the relegation zone. Well, again, we, we, we speak about circumstance because it's been a difficult start for Darren Moore. Um, he's fighting really hard to try to win over the Huddersfield Town supporters. I don't think it's his fault. I just think that, that Neil Warnock was, was, was relieved of his duties at a time where um, there was such an affinity between Neil and the, and the Huddersfield Town faithful. Um, I don't think anybody saw it coming and 
Neil had done such a brilliant job in firstly keeping Huddersfield in the division. Um, I think they'd had a competitive start to the season. There's obviously been a fallout somewhere um, with, with with the hierarchy, um, and Neil Neil obviously was was relieved of his of, of his duties. And whoever coming after Neil, he's a very difficult man to follow, um, and and it's been tough for Darren. And and he's working really hard to try to to win over the the supporters, and it's important that that he does. I think the second half performance in particular will 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 will, will go some way in doing that because. Mm. Nicky and I know fully well what you know. Having worked at Huddersfield, they are they're really down to earth, working class um, support base. They just want to see the the, the the players run hard and and fight hard for the for the team. And and certainly Huddersfield Town did that in the second half, um, and they got a really really good point against an uh, an excellent Southampton yeah. team, a team that's really really well coached. So I think it was a good point. It's definitely something to build on going forward. Here's what Darren Moore, the Huddersfield boss, had to say. Uh, he gave the fans, after the Terriers secured that vital point, uh, in their battle for championship survival. Thank you for staying with us. Obviously, they were frustrated, but thank you for staying with us because we've seen that frustration turn to applause. So they've applauded the team off, which shows that we got it right in the end, you know, and, and hopefully it shows that um, with the performance, uh, there's nothing different from the performance in, this, in the first half and the second half. But what they did see was the game get stretched more in the second half and us capitalise on it more. So credit to the supporters here for staying with us, really. And by staying with us, you see the just rewards, what, what, what we've got today. Another side that got their just rewards this weekend were Plymouth Argyle. They won for the first time in a month. They ended Sunderland's recent uh, good run of form with a 2-0 victory. Um, Just a fifth win of the season for Stephen Schumacher's side. Every point is massive for them and it was a massive performance full stop. A great win um, to go to... 2-0 2-0 up in that game was, was so important to, to Plymouth. They're, they're another team that really rely on their home form. It's a really, really difficult place to go as the away team um, at home park. It just has, you know, the success that that, that they've had there under Stephen Schumacher. I think there's such a... Um, a so much goodwill and so much good feeling in the in the in the stadium, and this makes it very difficult for the away team. and And obviously, in Morgan Whitaker, they have a player that has mm. uh, that that has so much quality. A fantastic goal when he he comes in off of the right hand side onto that left foot. Uh, you almost, even though he's thirty yards out, you almost know what the outcome is going to be. Um, and he's he has real top quality, and you you know you look at Morgan Whitaker, you look at Bali Mumba, you look at Finazaz, who got the second goal. They've got a lot of players in the attacking end of the pitch that that can that can change a game in a moment, which I think bodes well for Plymouth. You know, when I look at the bottom of that division, I think Plymouth have players that can win that will win them enough games to earn them the points they need to stay above that dotted line. For me, it's. You know, I look at the I look at the bottom of the division: Sheffield Wednesday, Queens Park Rangers, Rotherham, and Huddersfield. To me, it's three of those four. But I, I, Coventry are just too good, and I've got too experienced a management team in 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 Mark Robbins and Adi Vivash to 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 even think about relegation. Um, so yeah, it's three of those four. I see Plymouth. I just think we'll have enough enough uh, have enough quality at the top end to to stay away from it. Mm. Uh, and you mentioned Coventry there. They put in a great performance. The first win for them in seven games. They beat Millwall 3-0, but it was exactly what you just mentioned. I, I do think on their day, 
they are too good for that area of the division. By the way, seven points clear of the drop, same as as Plymouth at this point in time. Um, but it was important for them, I think, to get that victory because the performances have been solid. They're a very solid team, but they want to be winning games more often, don't they? Yeah, they, they obviously had a brilliant season last year, come so, so close to the Premier League. And when you get that close, you just come up short, um, particularly with a group of players that they've done it with. You know, it what you know, three, four, five years ago, they're in League Two. Um, so it's been an incredible rise under, under Mark Robbins. And when you come that close and just missed out, it's going to be painful and it's going to hurt and there's going to be some ramifications from that. And, and we've seen a slow start. I think it's a very different Coventry City team now and it's maybe a different strategy as well. They're obviously off the back of doing as well as they did last year. They sold some players. Um, they got some, you know, sold some of their assets. They got really good returns. They've reinvested that money. Maybe, you know, they've they've certainly gone into into Europe to to recruit players. And there's been quite a turnover. And and all of this takes time. But we've seen that that Mark Robbins, who's who's well assisted, very very well assisted by by ADV Vash, who's a brilliant coach. Um, they've got a real clear way of playing and. I, I, you know, off the back of that win, to win 3 0 at the Den is not easy. And you have to be a really good team to do that. And I think it's given them the confidence now to, to start looking up the division. Yeah, big game between the two of them coming up this week as well. Uh, Coventry sitting, City hosting uh, Plymouth tomorrow night in the Championship. So again, whoever can run out, if either, can come out as a. As winners in that game, it would be a big, big boost in terms of their pull away from the bottom of the table. Uh, more still to come in League One. Shock results. Acker killers, if you like. Uh, you're listening to EFL All Access in partnership with 888 Sport. Made to challenge, made to debate, made to play. It's 18 plus. BeGambleAware.org. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. EFL All Access on TalkSport 2. You're listening to EFL All Access on TalkSport 2. I'm Hugh Wizencroft. Danny Cowley, the former Huddersfield Town boss, is alongside me reviewing the weekend's action in League One. Well, there are so many talking points in the end. All of those unbeaten runs, all of those great, you know, incredible performances had to come to an end eventually, didn't they? It's just strange, I guess, that they all kind of came to a head on the same day in League One, and we'll get to League Two as well. But we have to start with Portsmouth, don't we? The League One leaders beaten at home 4-0 by Blackpool. Um, the former uh, Pompey Loney, Owen Dale, um, Jack Beasley, CJ Hamilton, Albie Morgan scored the goals as 10-man Pompey were knocked off the top of the table by Bolton, but it also ended the South Coast side club record 27-game unbeaten league run um, thanks to Blackpool's 4-0 win. Um, what was your reaction to this, Danny? We didn't really see this scoreline coming. No, it's not a result that I saw coming at all. Portsmouth have been on an incredible run, been so consistent. Um Back end of last season and, and certainly into into this season, their form has been has been really good. They have picked up a couple of key injuries just in recent weeks. Losing Regan Paul is a is a huge loss to that team. Um, obviously, Marlon Pack hasn't hasn't been available. He's been injured as well. He's another very important player w- w- within that group. Um, 
I thought I think they lost Gavin White in the lead up to the game. I think they planned and prepared with him in the team, and he came out. So, so many reasons. Obviously, Joe Morrell was sent off as well. So it was kind of one of those days where everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Um, I only see it as being a one-off. I, I look at that squad and look at um, the quality in the group and I expect them to, to respond at Burton Albion on, on Tuesday night. Yeah, I, I think they'll get back on track very, very soon. Um, but it had to come to an end eventually. And you mentioned some of the reasons why. What do you, what do you make of Blackpool generally now? It's a big boost of confidence for them. They want to keep motoring. Three wins in four games, but they want to keep pushing into the playoff spots. How do you see this team at this point in time? Can they can they do that? Do you think promotion is really within their grasp? Well, I think Neil Critchley is a, an outstanding coach. Um, and as a consequence, I've I see a team that are going to get better as the season unfolds. I watched them earlier in the season against Wickham um, and they were still trying to find their way. Maybe uh, Neil was still trying to find his best team and how to get the most out of the the players that, that, that he's got within the squad. Um, but certainly their form in, in, in recent games has been good. I think they've taken 10 points from the last six games. Um, to win 4-0 at Fratton Park, you have to be a really, really mm. good team. Um, and now the key for them is to is to back that up. Um, they've obviously now got a run of home games. I think they the next four games are, are, are all at home. I think they have Northampton and then Forest Green in the FA Cup and then Barnsley and Carlisle. Um, their ambition, no doubt, will be to try to pick up maximum maximum points and and also get 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 through to the third round. And if they can do that, they'll be going into into Chris into the Christmas period with with real momentum. Bolton, seven, yes, seven in brackets. Uh, Exeter, nil. Uh, the Bolton manager, Ian Everts, says the hard work starts now. His side, top of League One after that thrashing. Um, Everton, uh, excuse me, Exeter struggling at the moment, as we know. But Ian Everts said it was the most fluid he had seen his side play since he took over after they were relegated to League Two in 2020. Um, there was only one team in it, but Bolton showed us their class. Yeah, I think Bolton are a really good League One team. I think Ian Everts has done a very, very good job at that football club club over a period of time now. Another team with clear identity, clear way of playing, have recruited very, very well to that style. Um, I've got lots and lots of goals in them, as we saw on on Saturday. Uh, and, And just in terms of the maturity of the group, I think they're the most mature group in the division in terms of being together as long as they have done. All, all the players have complete clarity over what their roles are within the team, um, and they've got they've got goals in them. And even when they're doing as well as they did on on Saturday, he's still able to bring players off the bench and uh, that can have a have a real real impact on 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 on, on proceedings. So, in a very very good position, I think they've taken eighteen points in the last six games, which is an incredible run. I'm actually going to Oxford tomorrow to watch that game. It'll be a brilliant game against against Oxford United and a, a new Oxford United, obviously under the under the stewardship of Des Buckingham. But I'm expecting a uh, a really good game. Let's talk about Cheltenham next because their improvements under Daryl Clark are clear to see. They've now only lost at once in their last six league games, three wins in that time. They are kind of moving up the table in the way that they would have hoped for. Um, They were rock bottom, I get it. They are now up to 23rd, so it's only one position. 
Um, but it's the confidence with which the side is currently playing and the ability to get results that means I think the Cheltenham fans are feeling very different, beating Oxford United by two goals to nil. Both teams had a player sent off in that one, by the way. Um, what do you make of it? Because it was Des Buckingham's first game in charge. Um, what did you make of Cheltenham's performance and Oxford United's performance? Well, I think Dale Clark needs needs some some real praise because he's he's gone in at Cheltenham and everybody thought that they were they were they were dead and buried and relegated in 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 November almost. But he's gone in, he's galvanised a group. Added Tom Pett, who's a boy that we know well from our Lincoln time, and obviously they all know well from from working with him at Port Vale. Um, and he's been able to give the group some confidence, and the, I, I think he's done it through working really hard on the training pitch. He's got them together. He's got them fighting. Um, maybe maybe they they've simplified the the game idea. They're now they're they and and I think that that's probably helped the group. But they're now very, very competitive. They're fighting for 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 every for every for every point. Um, and at home, they are now starting to pick up some some form. And probably barring the the FA Cup game, which would have been a disappointment when they lost five one to Wimbledon, they've been very, very competitive under under Dowell. And all of a sudden, you know, we were we were maybe thinking that they were they were they were definitely going to be relegated. And now all of a sudden, they're 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 fighting their way up the up the league and uh, incredible job. Um, it was interesting, wasn't it? Because Des Buckingham obviously came in and there was a real fanfare over yeah. over the, over his appointment. And, you know, rightly so, there was a real romantic element to it, obviously coming from being an Oxford boy and having to, to go out to New Zealand and going out to India and working with a city group. He came back in and he, you know, he, he, um, there, there was, there was such a, um, yeah, such a fanfare really mm. around the whole appointment, and maybe sometimes we we do this in the media. Maybe the football clubs do this. They just set 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 people up to fail almost. And it was a we all know anyone that's lived League One knows that Wadham Road is a very very difficult place to go, regardless of, of where children are in the division. Um, and and yeah, Daryl Clark and and his Cheltenham team found a way of winning that game, and it was a definitely a, a baptism of fire for for, for Des Buckingham, but. From everything that I'm told about him, um, about his teams and the way he likes to coach, um, I, I look at I look at it as an appointment, and I think it's a good appointment for Oxford United. I think it's a really good fit, and I've been really impressed actually with his with his media and the way that he's spoken. Um, he's obviously got a real affinity with the with the with the football club, but I think he's intelligent enough to know that there's a lot of good things already happening at Oxford um, and that had happened under Liam Manning at the beginning of this season. And, and he's, he's alluded to a couple of times in his, in his um, interviews that there's not too much to change. It's really just to run with what, what has already been very successful so far and maybe slowly Gradually, he's going to just start implementing little ideas to try to to make small little tweaks to try to support and help what is already a very very good team. Big game coming up for Reading uh, in midweek um, after their victory uh, over Wickham. They face Carlisle at home. They'll be looking to make it six points out of six. Lewis Wing scoring against his former club this weekend. It was a, a, a vital victory uh, for Reading. It's their first away league win in more than a year. What will it do to galvanise this group ahead of that big game? 
Well, it was a much-needed win, wasn't it? I've, I've watched Reading a couple of times this season. Um, and, yeah, they've they've had a really difficult start to the season, um, playing in a kind of 4 triple two formation, uh, trying to play um, on, on the counter-attack. I think when I've seen them, they've... They, they, they they look a team that are devoid of confidence and not quite clear on what what the game idea is. I think they've got some really young, talented players within the squad, but I think it's very early for some of those players. They then have a group of really experienced players and maybe not too much in the middle. Um, and I think that this has been a problem for Reading. And of course, it's been a very difficult time for Reading as a football club. I think it's been quite unsettled. And sometimes because of what is happening off the pitch, that can sometimes then transfer onto the pitch. And that certainly has been the case up until now. Mm-hmm. Having said that, a derby, Wickham being a, being a local game for them, it was a huge win, particularly away from home. Um, and they needed something. They needed they needed something to try to build on. And hopefully Ruben Sellers now can build on that win because it's not easy to go to Wickham. We know this. It's a really difficult place to go, particularly with a lot of young players. So to do that and, and to win, I think, is, is incredibly important. It's going to be really interesting for me to to, to see how they, how they back that up now. Obviously, mm-hmm. Carlisle at home on Tuesday. Now, home form on the whole, has been okay. So if they can beat Carlisle on Tuesday night, they then have an FA Cup game against Eastleigh on the on the Saturday. Um, and then they, again, have a run of home games against Charlton, Barnsley and Oxford. Um, and maybe then they can start to get some, some momentum. Maybe then we'll start seeing the confidence come back into the group. Because actually, when you look at the players they've got in their squad, they've got a really talented group. They shouldn't be sitting where they are in the division. Mm. That that's a fact. So if they can now start to find some momentum, maybe that confidence will come back. Maybe Ruben Sellers will be able to find the 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 right ingredients and the right partnerships and the right relationships. And if he can do that, then then maybe they can find themselves out of the, mm. uh, the situation. Maybe they've got a chance. Yeah. Okay. Listen, uh, much more still to come. Uh, we will be diving into League Two next. You're listening to EFL All Access in partnership with 888 Sport, made to challenge, made to debate, and made to play. It's 18 plus. BeGambleAware.org. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. EFL All Access on TalkSport 2. This is EFL All Access on TalkSport. So Hugh Wilson-Croft and Danny Cowley are with you. Let's get straight into it. Newport County 2, Stockport County 1. Stockport failing to break the record for the longest winning streak in English football's fourth tier after Newport ended their 12-win run. Um, We didn't see this coming, of course, um, but it was... Listen, it was a brilliant run for Stockport. It had to come to an end at some point. I guess the big thing about this is make sure it doesn't, you know, detract from what you've done so well and make sure it doesn't derail going forward. And I don't think it will with Stockport, will it? No, I don't think so, Hugh. I mean, to win 12 games on the bounce in League 2 is just an incredible achievement. It's it's no surprise it's, it's only ever been done once before. I, I anticipated they were going to fa- find the, the 13th win as well. They didn't. Credit to Graham Coughlin and his Newport team. 
Um, and now it's all about how they respond. They obviously have Salford on, on Tuesday night at home, and that gives them a really good opportunity to to, to start another another winning run. But like I've said before, I just look at Stockport, I look at the way they're coached, I look at the quality of the players they've got in the in the building, and they're 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 they're, they're going to be champions for me. Yeah, I think we're, yeah they are going to be champions. And look, in terms of the afternoon. Um, did they put in a performance that you think, you know, was way below their standards? Or do you believe that essentially Newport did what they needed to do? I think really they approached the game with a sense of anything can happen, with a sense of we've got nothing to lose. That might be a lesson to other sides going forward about how you can possibly get something out of playing Stockport. I think Newport County and Rodney Parade is always one of the most difficult places to go as the away team. You know, we've seen Premier League team, Championship teams year after year in in the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup come unstuck. So whenever whenever Newport are are the underdogs, I think that that makes them very very dangerous. And and Graham Coughlin has got a team working really hard and, and fighting for everything. So um, yeah, maybe we were surprised. Maybe we shouldn't have been because we know League Two is is such a competitive division. For me, the best League Two that I've seen in many many years. It's certainly that I can remember. Um, and and yeah, so so maybe we shouldn't have been as surprised as we were. Mm. Uh, Wrexham 6 Morecambe nil. Paul Mullin hat trick uh, Wrexham continuing their League 2 promotion push managerless Morecambe of course um, they, they were all their opponents this weekend and really no kind of real opposition for them um, Wrexham rose a place to second in the table Morecambe stay ninth but it was one of those afternoons that maybe we see Wrexham moving into that category of incredibly tough side to beat getting to their rhythm, and most importantly, because he had that injury and he was out for so long, you know, Paul Mullins starting to get back to his best last weekend. You know, he could have easily had a hat-trick, hit a crossbar, had a number of other good chances, just wasn't at his best, and he really felt this weekend he was going to be out there, you know, proving everyone wrong, proving himself that, you know, he needs to get that out of his system, and he did in emphatic fashion. Yeah, I think you're right. Paul Mullin, obviously, against his old team as well, scoring scoring a hat-trick. And I think he's, you know, after having a stop-starty beginning, beginning of the season and that injury that, that he picked up in pre-season, we're starting to see the, the best of him. And that makes Wrexham very, very dangerous. I mean, sometimes when we talk about luck in football, sometimes... You know, we talk about the role of the ball, referee decisions, but sometimes the luck is playing teams at the right time. And I think it was definitely the right time to play a very deflated Morecambe, having having just lost their manager in, in midweek in Derek Adams going to Ross County. So I think it was good time to play Morecambe, but, but certainly Wrexham showed the, all of the power that they have. And, you know, again, another, another very, very strong squad. Um, and... Yeah, off the back of probably a disappointing result last time out, they showed what what a good team they are. Uh, Morgan, by the way, appointing uh, caretaker Jed Brennan as their manager on an 18-month deal following the departure of Derek Adams. Adams left the club in November to rejoin Ross County up in Scotland, of course. And Brennan, alongside John McMahon, took temporary charge during 
that game, the 6-0 thrashing by Wrexham, but the club has decided to give him a longer-term deal. So that will be very interesting to see how that pans out. Elsewhere, Swindon 2, Mansfield 1. Uh, Jake Young's brace ending Mansfield unbeaten season as they uh, lost 2-1 deep into stoppage time. Young won it, uh, tapping home from close range. It, it was a big win, big win for Swindon. But again, with Mansfield, had to come to an end at some point. Yeah, really important win for Mike Flynn. They obviously had a good start to the season and have had a difficult period. Um, a good win in Jake Young. They've got a boy who just not, you know just knows where the back of the net is. He's um, he's 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 been fantastically consistent this season. Um, he's got real athleticism and a real quality. Scores all different types of goals. We saw the week before last him bending one in at Harrogate from maybe twenty five yards. We see the winner on on Saturday at a scramble and and um, and him finding finding a little bit of space at, on the back post, so he can score all different types of goals. I think Bradford are going to probably want him back in January, so that's going to be a challenge for for Swindon to keep him. Um, and I think I know Mansfield lost on Saturday, but we need to give them credit as well because almost because of Stockport's run, nobody's really spoken about how consistent mm. Mansfield have been and never. You know, up to Saturday, they've been on an incredible run themselves. And Nigel Clough has got a really experienced team now. Um, a team that's, again, got a nice balance between being able to control and dominate possession, but also being powerful in, in both boxes. So they're, they're another team that I think will will, will be right in and around it. I, I actually watched AFC Wimbledon v Notts County. On, mm. on Saturday and it was really interesting actually to see how Notts County set up so they they set up with with their with a back three but with their centre halves playing on the opposite foot so they brought, brought a left sided player Cameron over to the right and then Rawlinson over to the left and I think Luke Williams' idea was to try to get lots of switches of play and play round a a, a um a Wimbledon team that liked to dominate and control the middle of the pitch with numbers. It didn't quite happen for them. They had a really difficult first half. Um, credit to Wimbledon because they were excellent first half and probably could have been four or five nil up at half time. Notts County did what Notts County did and, and came back in the second half. Um, but but Wimbledon still found a way of winning. And I know Luke Williams listening to his post-match um, interview was, was was really frustrated with the with the group and felt that they did they, they, they hadn't played in the in the in the with the control that certainly we we expect of of, of Knox County teams in in recent times. Another big weekend in the EFL and plenty more to come during midweek. Danny Cowley, thank you very much. Uh, you can listen to us every Monday from six pm here on Talksport too. If you miss any of the shows, listen back on the Talksport app. We're also available as a podcast, which you can download. Just go to your podcast provider, search EFL All Access. Danny Cowley, been great company. Thank you for being with me.